What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. On today's show, we are going to be talking about individualism versus using our individual gifts. It's a great topic. I cannot wait to dive into it. If you're a first-time listener, you can up with your own questions at www.assitiopress.com slash askfatherjosh. Uh, you can also rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcasts out there. This helps other people to find out about the show. If it's good for you, potentially it can become good for them. Now, before we get into our topic for the day, I want to share with you a glory story. So my glory story is is this. I <laughs> yeah, I've had a busy 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 week and one of my appointments canceled on me. And they probably felt really bad about having it cancel on me, but I'm going to be honest, it was such a gift because I was so tired. And I just I just wanted to, like I wanted to rest for like a, se- a hot second and the Lord knew I needed that rest. And so that cancellation could not have come at a better time. I needed that break. I needed that rest. And it gave me a second to breathe and to, to just chill, to, to not pray or to study or to work um, or to call somebody, but just to be. And every now and then we just need time in our day. We just need time in our schedule to just rest without having to do anything, without having to worry about being productive. And it was an unexpected gift that I did not plan to receive. So that's one of my glory stories. The other glory story was also an unexpected gift. I had a great meeting uh, with someone also this week that I had no idea what the meeting was about. Met the person. Person is a disciple of Jesus Christ, had a conversion a few years ago, and isn't just um, studying the Word of God, though he is, and isn't just praying daily, though he is, but he's also invested in the poorest of the poor in our community, in our local community, and particularly the poor in the geographical boundaries of my parish at Sacred Heart of Jesus. And when I found out the work that he has been doing behind the scenes, it was just so edifying and uh, life-giving and inspiring and motivating and just beautiful. And so I'm grateful for him and for the, the, the witness of him and his friends doing this hidden work for the poor. They, again, aren't doing everything, but we're not called to do everything. They're, they're doing something. They're doing something for the poor, and it's very beautiful work. And, and he invited me to collaborate with them and work with them, and I'm super excited to do so uh, because— yeah, it's clearly the fruit of his relationship with the Lord. And I love that whenever a ministry is the fruit of our relationship with the Lord. It's not something that we sought out to do on our own or that we thought would be a great idea or that someone else said we should do. It came from the fruit of his unique, personal, living, vital relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's been doing it for a number of years, and it's just beautiful. And I'm super excited and grateful that, that they're inviting me to to pray with them and for them and to kind of walk with them and accompany them as they continue to pour themselves out for the poor. So that is my glory story. It's two unexpected gifts. One, a cancellation that gave me time to rest, and two, an unexpected meeting that just brought complete joy, complete joy to my, my day. Um, yeah, I just love that. I love those stories. Uh, if, if you would like to receive show notes and any updates about 
the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to my email list by texting Ask Father Josh to 33777. And with that, let's go ahead and jump into today's show. Our question comes in from Declan. Declan writes this. Uh, a Catholic speaker I listen to often decries the culture of self-invention, which I think means the current obsession with individuality. But what's the difference between this and the parable of the talents using the individual skills and attributes Jesus has given us? Declan, Declan, this is a great, great question. So I wasn't familiar with uh, the Catholic speaker you were talking about. So I went to Our Lady of Google and I just typed in culture of, of self-invention and I saw an interview with a Catholic speaker who was talking about this. So I'm going to go ahead and read this selection from the interview as I'm assuming this is the particular Catholic speaker you're talking about. The question was this, what in your view is the greatest danger American society is facing today? And the Catholic speaker responded, I would say it's the ideology of self-invention. What I mean by that is this goes back to Nietzsche in the 19th century and comes up to, to Sartre in the 20th century. Michael Foucault, people like that. Michelle, I'm sorry, Michelle Foucault. It was once a very high academic thing, but now I think it's in almost every teenager in America. The view that truth is a function of my own will. Value is a function of my own will. I decide on my own what's true and what's good. You see that now in a thousand different forms in our culture. Um, not only is this deeply out of touch with reality, but it makes religion almost opaque to people because the claim that there's a truth and a value that's outside of you to which your mind will have to conform, that's very difficult for people today. So they essentially admit their own truth and their own value. And he talks more about that. So basically, let's first address this um, culture of self-invention, this obsession with individuality, and then we'll talk about the individual gifts of the body of Christ. So I think what this Catholic speaker was trying to get at was that we live in a culture today where people don't know how to make the distinction between subjective truth and objective truth, right? There is a huge difference between, between the two, right? There are some things that are subjective, which is based off our perspective, our feelings, and our opinions. For example, our taste is subjective. I think vanilla bean ice cream is the best ice cream in the world. Um, and you might think that mint chocolate chip ice cream is the best ice cream in the world. It is true for me, vanilla bean is the best. And it is true for you, mint chocolate chip is the best. That is subjective. I can have my own truth when it comes to my taste. However, there are things in life that are not subjective. There are truths that are outside of us. For example, science is objective, gravity what goes up must come down. Whether I like it or not, gravity is objective. If I drop my phone, which is in my hand right now, it will hit the ground. It's not going to levitate. It's not going to fly. It's going to fall. What goes up must come down. Gravity is objective. Mathematics is objective. One plus one will always equal two. History is objective. Right? It is true that African Americans, uh, many of them, were slaves in our country for hundreds of years. 
right? It is true that families were separated from each other. And it is true that many of the people who owned slaves were Catholics and Protestant Christians. Whether we like that truth or not, it is still the truth. That's objective. Morality is also objective. See, this is where things get kind of uncomfortable for some people because they don't want to believe that morality is objective. But like science, history, and math is objective, so is morality. It's always going to be wrong to DDT grandma or to clothesline grandpa or to give the stone cold stunner to a newborn baby. That's just not cool. It's never going to be good. It is objectively wrong to do that. That is not a good thing. Morality is objective. And so we live in a culture where people aren't aware of that, right? They aren't aware that there is objective truth. And so it's our duty, I think, to very simply break down the reality of subjective truth and objective truth so that we won't make up our own truth, uh, which will have a negative effect not only on, on us, but on our community. As far as the different parts of the body are concerned, I agree with you. There will never be another St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, and we don't need another St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. She was the saint who she was. We don't need another John Paul II. He was the saint who he was. We don't need another Josephine Baquita or Martin de Porres. They were the saints that they were. And you are called to be the saint. You're called to be, and I'm called to be the saint. I'm called to be. Jesus, I believe, invites us, as I was praying for you, to, to like dive deep into John 21. Dive deep into this passage where Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and focused them on John. And Jesus said, don't look at John. You look at me. You follow me. We are invited to follow Jesus, to look at Jesus, to listen to Jesus, to go with Jesus where he tells us to go and do what he tells us to do with the gifts and talents and resources and charism, supernatural gifts we received at baptism that he gave to us to build up his kingdom and his will and his way and his time and our walk toward eternity. That's what we're supposed to do. So we are supposed to be the unique members of the body. Some of us are going to be the hand. Others are going to be the foot. Some are going to be the face. Some are going to be the butt. We're all part of the body of Christ. We might not be the part that we want to be, but we're the part where God arranged us as he wanted. He tells us that much in 1 Corinthians. God arranged the organs in the body. So we might not understand other members of the body. Like St. John the 23rd did not understand St. Padre Pio. That's cool. We don't have to. We just need to follow Jesus and what he's telling us to do. We're not going to always get what God is doing, what the Spirit is doing in other people's lives. But yes, we are individual members of the body, and we do have a contribution to make for the good of our community and our walk toward eternity. And so I, I encourage you to be rooted in prayer, be rooted in relationship with Jesus so that God in his own time can reveal to you and I how he wants us to be a saint, right? One of the ways that I believe God has invited me to be a saint in this season of my walk toward eternity is obviously through the will of my bishop to be a pastor, a sacred heart of Jesus, church and school, which is the best school in the Diocese of Baton Rouge, uh, to be the director of vocations for the Diocese of Baton Rouge, to walk with our amazing young men um, who are considering the priesthood. He's invited me to be a saint uh, through Ascension Presents by having this podcast and accompanying a wider community in their relationship with the Lord. But there may come a point where the Lord does not call me to do this anymore, and that's cool. But this is how he's calling me. He's not calling every priest to be a pastor of a church or a school. He's not calling every priest to be a vocation director. He's not calling every priest to have a podcast. He's calling me to this. And I'm faithful to what he's inviting me to do in the present moment. This is how I'm helping others become saints and how I'm abiding in relationship with Jesus. Um, And so we we need to find out how the Lord is calling us and, and to not be so fixed on what he's doing in other people's lives, but be more fixed on what he's calling us to do so that we could build his kingdom. Mother Teresa did not spend hours during her day thinking about other members of the body of Christ and what they were weren't doing. She was focused on her mission that God gave her in prayer. And that's what we should do as well. So 
yes, we do want to fight against a culture of self-invention if it means that it promotes um, subjective truth alone and it proclaims that there is no such thing as objective truth, which doesn't make sense because the, the statement there is no objective truth is an objective statement that there's at least one truth, that there's no truth. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Uh, so that's not good. But we do need to reverence the fact that we are individual members of the body of Christ and we are different and we're supposed to be different. And that's okay. That's good, true, and beautiful. With that, let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to dive into our saint for the day. Hi there, I'm Mark Hart, and I want to share with you an exciting new series called Venture, the Bible Timeline for High School. Now, let's be honest. The Bible is easily the most confusing, most misunderstood book of all time. How do these random time periods, these random people, these random stories all fit together? And what do they mean for me and for my life? In this study, we're going to take a journey through the basic story of Scripture from Genesis through Revelation, so that by the end of it, teenagers will understand the big picture of salvation history. Because when we come to know the story, we come to know our place in the story. To find out more and get a free preview of this engaging new study, visit ascensionpress.com backslash venture. And we're back. Just a quick reminder, if you are a first-time listener, be sure to follow the podcast. You can hit me up with your questions and comments at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh, spell out ask F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. Also, if you want to receive show notes and any updates about the podcast, be sure to subscribe to my email list by texting Ask Father Josh to 33777. Our saint for the day is a blessed member of the body of Christ. There are servants of God, there are venerables, there are blesseds, and there are canonized saints. He has been beatified. His name is Rutilio Grande. I got to know Rutilio Grande very well this past year when I uh, participated in a Bible study uh, with some of my students in college on mental, mental illness, on saints who had mental health issues. And uh, Blessed Rutilio Grande was certainly a, a member of the body of Christ who experienced a lot of mental illness. Um, and so he was, yeah, he was born into poverty. Uh, he was raised by his grandma. That's been an experience of a lot of us in our world today. Like we weren't raised by our parents. I happen to be, but many of my friends weren't. It was their grandma or their grandpa that was raising them uh, because of um, situations that were outside of their control. And so he, uh, he ended up becoming a Jesuit. And when he entered the Jesuit community, he entered the Jesuits with a lot of mental illness. He had anxiety. He had scrupulosity. He had schizophrenia. He, throughout his formation, he was hospitalized on uh, multiple occasions. But what was really beautiful about this guy's story is that as he was going through his suffering, as he was experiencing his mental illness, his community remained in communion with him. They never gave up on him. They continued to walk with him and accompany him in his journey toward heaven. They were, they were family, and they didn't reject him because he experienced different forms of mental illness. And so they reverenced him, the whole person. Which I think is absolutely beautiful. I think it's so beautiful. Uh, and so he eventually was, was ordained to the priesthood. And um, after being ordained for a while, he decided to commit him, his life to fighting for the rights of the poor, serving the poor, um, working for social justice. A lot of people did not understand him. A lot of people did not like him. St. Padre Pio was misunderstood by many. So was Blessed Rutilio Grande. He was misunderstood by many. He was lied about by many. He was condemned by many. He was accused of being a communist by many, but he was not. Um, even his best friend, who's a saint, Archbishop Oscar Romero, like they did not fully agree with each other and understand each other when it came to liturgy and when it came to politics. 
Um, but he continued to fight for justice. He continued to fight for, for charity and he continued to fight for the poor. And because of his uh, prophetic voice, he was a prophetic member of the body of Christ. He spoke uncomfortable truth that made a lot of people um, uneasy. He was murdered. He was murdered and, um, uh, and now he's a blessed. And it was, it was really beautiful though. It was after his murder, like his, his decision to like not be focused on being any other priest. Right? He was like, I'm not trying, I don't need to be this kind of guy to be a good priest. Like he wasn't worried about not having mental illness. He wasn't worried about the fact that his friends, including his brother priests and bishops did not understand him and the call that God gave him. But because he was faithful to being who he was called to be, he inspired uh, now St. Oscar Romero to, to pick up his mantle and continue to fight for justice for the poor and to advocate for the good of the poor. And then he was murdered. He was martyred while he was celebrating mass. Uh, and now they're both saints in heaven and they're reunited and it feels so good. So one of the, the things that I want to encourage us to do is to imitate Blessed Vertilio Grande and to look at Jesus and to listen to Jesus and to do what Jesus says, even if nobody else understands it. If don't nobody else get it, it's cool. We are called to be saints. We are called to form saints. And saints who form saints never form saints by taking their eyes off of Jesus and fixing them on other saints. We look at Jesus. So uh, encouragement is to look at Jesus Christ today, listen to Jesus Christ today, and follow Jesus Christ today, not yesterday or tomorrow, but today, wherever he invites us to go uh, with him, in him, and through him so that we can be informed the saints he wants us to be informed and in our walk toward eternity. Blessed Retilio Grande, pray for us. Until next time, God bless. Mm-hmm.